0: All right, a quick pluggy intro as I'm going to be trying to do with all the pods. Uh, just letting you know to keep checking out all our you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff with Sportsgasmic. At it's Sportsgasmic on Twitter and just at Sportsgasmic on Facebook and Instagram. And we do have a website, sportsgasmic.com, that we are planning to get some content up eventually <laughs> when we're just all um, working on it. But it will happen. Um, now, just to preface this with a content warning, uh, this is the first of two pods recorded on this week. A couple of days ago, uh, I was a little drunk. This one's not so bad. <laughs> this is the next one that'll be really—I, I have very vague memories of. Um, you know, we I, we do this <laughs> it was like after midnight for my time, and um, I'd had a few beers that night and just kept on rolling with Shay because you know if it's me and Shay. It's kind of like oh, we always say it's kind of like going to the sports bar together and having a few beers and chatting sports. And sometimes you have a few too many. And I did on this night, um, but this one, yeah, this one was just the first one, so it doesn't not keeps it rolling all right. I think it's the next one that I still need to listen to and work out the hell I said. Um, but yeah, get into it. Uh, Apologise for my less than less than stellar performance, but um, still putting it out there because, yeah, as always, Shay Shay does a great job of giving me his time and putting up with my shit sometimes, and he um, always great to be on the pod with him. So anyway, let's get into it. <laughs> all righty sportsgasmic pod is uh we're back uh, another week we're which, back yeah Shay on the line <laughs> I'm I'm a little drunk um <laughs> nice I'm
1: up. I'm waking up so <laughs> we're on a similar plane
0: yeah this is the <laughs> this is the fun part of like this era of the sports Gazinger podcast with us being on different sides of the planet that at this Almost time completely. yeah it's 11:58 p.m. um I've I got off work today and Andrea texted me and was like, You want to meet me at Stein's, which is a local tap house? I was like, Yeah, sure. I can imagine
1: that. Yeah. So
0: (laughs) I, yeah, it's a really cool tap house. It has like a big mural of Albert Einstein mixing up beers and wine barrels behind him. So I had a couple of pints there, then got home. Wasn't sure if I was playing April tonight because we were a man short in our team then ended up going playing eight ball, having a few more pints. And now I'm here on the pod six hours later, <laughs>
1: <laughs> having more pints. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it's, it's 2014 Aerosports sports, gasmic mindset for Ooh, me. And
1: that was a, that was a nice brisk wine that we, that we created back then. Very smooth. <laughs> the <to> taste.
0: <laughs> yeah. It depended on the palate, but yeah, for the right palate, it was. Very, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Same paper palette. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember that, that era was back... Um, our, one of my favorite pods that we did back then was talking about the the Super Bowl back then, which was NFL, obviously, because that's the only sport that had the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So, yeah, as we do, usually um, we're rolling into some NFL talk, college college football. Uh, we were talking off air. It's been a really weird start to the both seasons as we're talking about NFL and college football. Uh, yeah. Not... I said to you, it's not completely... It's not boring, it's just not exciting either it's just a really weird funky start to both seasons
1: just forgettable really and just kind of frustrating all the teams that are supposed to win have been winning there's no there's not been like really big upsets i wouldn't say like whether it's college football or pro football and i know pro football upsets or are, aren't don't really exist but like i don't know what the big storyline so far is from the nfl and we're 4 weeks in you know
0: yeah we were so close to a couple this weekend um yeah 'll I'll, I'll start with uh the chiefs and the the lions the lions were were sneaky close yeah uh, and I, I'm not exactly sure what to think about the lions because I've gone back and forth with them a little bit but we can at least say they're uh they're not they're competitive um and yeah yeah <laughs> I mean they, were, they That's were surprising yeah and and especially it's a big test against the chiefs unfortunately they came out, out on the wrong side of it but I'm not I'm not I'm not broaching this discussion to focus on the lines. I'm actually talking about you know, I texted you about the Chiefs. They're a fucking cheat code, man. Like yeah, that was unreal that like <laughs> one of the very and I've seen some big great Patriots plays in the past with Edelman throwing touchdown passes to Danny Amendola. Yeah. That Travis Kelsey like yeah. like fucking lateral to LaShawn McCoy yeah. was one of my favorite NFL plays I've seen for like All time, and I'll I'll get. I'll I'll, first. I'll ask you what you thought about just, (laughs) just the overall Chiefs, but then I'll I'll get to why I I enjoyed that so much. Yeah, but uh, your thoughts on how the Chiefs got out of that game?
1: Um. Well, I think it's impressive that they won when Mahomes was lacking a lot of his pieces, and just he didn't really have his. A game i would say but his a, his b game is still better than everybody else's in the nfl probably <laughs> so like
0: kind of like he got his clark uh, kent coat caught in the phone box as he was coming out like not yeah, quite yeah, there yeah, exactly. he was almost there but yeah
1: so now he has to fight crime with dragging a phone box around but <laughs> like that lateral play it reminded me of the Ra- randy moss era Vikings, because he did the exact same thing, except Robert Smith scored on the play, but that was my favorite football team of all time, 1998 Vikings, when Randy Moss was a rookie, Randall Cunningham slinging it, or slinging it, to go back to 2014, (laughs) and Robert Smith and Chris Carter, it was just one of my favorite teams, and I wish they would have gone to the Super Bowl instead of Atlanta, so it's awesome to have that kind of creativity back. And also it kind of reminds me of the Golden State Warriors in a way, like from mm. a couple of years ago when they were just like so fun. It was like watching the Globetrotters, but like like watching the Globetrotters win the NBA title. And so if the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl this year, I know you don't want that, but I think it'd be cool to watch a team like a fun team like that go all the way.
0: Yeah, you kind of touched on why why that play just as an objective point of view, just meant so much as a fan. Just to just to see that, like you know, we see football is such a sport of uh, of uh, systems, of strategies, of playbooks, of of everything by the book. Of coaches calling it. Of you know, everything's just done to a T without any creativity. Yeah. And then you see Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the league, <laughs> grab just you know lateral pass to a guy they only brought in a few weeks ago. Um, and Lucian McCoy also one of the guys that's been a really big part of this league over the last um half uh, decade, really. Uh, yeah, I think he's
1: the third leading active rusher right now.
0: Yeah, but... he was he was one of my favorite players on my fantasy team back. Um, your fantasy league you started back in the uh oh, the original God. the original SG days. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he he was my boy. He almost he almost won me that league. I think I w- lost in the first week of the playoffs that year. But um, yeah, you know, that, that, that was that was a while ago. yeah, that was Eagles. You know that that snow game against the. Lions era, yeah, that that yeah. that was that the shady McCoy. So, yeah, seeing two guys <laughs> that have been, you know, Travis Kelsey's the probably the best tight end in the league at the moment, um, up there, yeah, yeah, uh, and then just lateral to a guy that, that that has been such a big part, like you know, a guy that I feel like some people were wondering how he'd fit in at Kansas City. Uh, you know, he was brought well, in. Well, they have
1: so many running backs, but yeah, you can always use talent in. In the league but they were saying like that's the reason they couldn't get like a Jalen Ramsey is because they spent money on him and stuff like that or like Antonio Brown when Antonio Brown was still in the league Mm. but like just for plays like that and just his creativity on the field is I mean I know it was Kelsey's creativity but he was in the right um McCoy was in the right spot for it so the Chiefs kind of got some shit for signing him just because who knows what he has left in the tank, but I think he's proven that he fits in with that team, and that it, as long as you put playmakers around Mahomes, they're going to make plays because Mahomes is just kind of rubs off on people that way.
0: Yeah, and that's the it's that's kind of the fun football thing we're talking about is that they're making it Harlem, you know, the globe trotters analogy you brought up, <laughs> metaphor, you know, they're making football fun. They're, that yeah. kind of, especially in a game that wasn't, you know, if they were up like you know 45 to 10 but they were they're in a game and they're pulling off that kind of thing like that's not even uh yeah it's, ju- it's just guys having having the uh, the creative freedom in their in their uh their understanding of what's going on and just just their belief in it's more having the trust from their coaches to be able to do that without repercussion because as much of a big patriots fan i am if i if i saw uh Back in the day, if Gronkowski tried to lateral to uh, to uh, a James White and it didn't work, I can I can only imagine the shitstorm that would come down from Belichick after a game if that cost him a game. Because it's true, yeah, you know, as as much as like their creativity is is welcomed at New England, its creativity confined from Belichick. Yes, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) you know, Edelman doesn't throw that touchdown pass to Amendola in the in the playoffs against Baltimore without having the okay from Belichick saying, I know what you can do and I'm okay with throwing this play into the book when it works. Cause they used it at the, the exact right time that was beneficial to them. I don't think Kelsey's done that with no, the, the coaches haven't said, Oh, when, when this, when this happens, like, just no, fucking, I think it was fucking, just, fucking, totally it was just, total a, fuel. yeah. And it yeah. was, just, and it was, just, it was just, it was just, it was just fun football. It's, and then that's what's fun to see from the, the chiefs at the moment is their enjoyment of football. And, and a little bit of that flair in football again, because we, as I said at the start of this kind of segment we're talking about, football is so much a game of, um, you know, playbooks and design and everything that we don't see too much of this come out. Like, just that fucking spur of the moment, um, just instinct. And that's what, and, you know, maybe that's what the NFL needs, is a bit more of that. Um, yeah. But don't like I
1: said, it reminded me of the Randy Moss era, which yeah. is my favorite era. And it helps that I was nine years old for that era, but there's also, like... It's just cool to see that that kind of style come back. And I I love the aired out offense. That's why I think the league was is was going in the right direction, but some of these aired out teams have seemingly fell off a little bit because of quarterback play or um just lack of talent around a quarterback. But I think the Chiefs are what NFL teams strive to be. I think that's what the Rams are trying to be right now, but they just can't really get it done. But uh Excited to see how far this Kansas City team can go. You know, they were a play away last year from going to the Super Bowl, and I think they would have beat the Rams as well. So,
0: yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think mean, you could, you got to say after the first few weeks that they're really, um, even if, you know, close game against the Lions, but they're still by far and away the favorite because the Patriots had a close game as well that wasn't nearly as pretty as the Chiefs. Yeah, I didn't really
1: know what to do with that game. I'd have to get. I'd have to appeal to your wisdom on um, that one. I don't look. I'll Brady say, did not look good. I'll say that.
0: I will call back to our pod last week when I said I wasn't feeling too great about it. Right.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I. I a lot of Patriots fans weren't.
0: Yeah, I was worried about that defense. Um, like the the Bills' defense, I have a legitimate respect for, and that was just, uh you know, solidified by their efforts on the weekend. They did a really good job. And that, that that is also compounded by again what I said in the pod last week about the Patriots uh issues on having their their stars on offense fit. You know, Edelman was clearly clearly restricted on the weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. Josh Gordon doesn't look up to his the Josh Gordon that we know from the, his brief glimpses in the league as one of the probably one of the best receivers in the last ten years when he's on when he's on song and uh and then you devlin was out uh james white so yeah and just just and obviously the fact they just don't have tight ends after years of having yeah. of the best tight ends in the well the the greatest tight end in the history of the nfl as far as his stats and his just performances yeah I, <laughs> <laughs> i'd love that discussion um
1: uh, <laughs> that'd be a debate I, I can't think of anybody right now but
0: yeah it's because it's robert gronkowski um <laughs> But you know, it's just the the changes that the they Tony Gonzalez, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his hands a little bit lighter, Um yeah. So smarter yeah, so, man. By so far. the so the Patriots, you know, they've. The, I think that's why they went to. So they they were very happy to quickly jump on Antonio Brand, which obviously worked out terribly for them, and they cut ties. But I think that's the reason they were so desperate to go for a guy like that was because they actually do understand they need all the playmakers they can get because they're actually a little bit deficient on the playmaking side yeah. of the ball. On defensive side of the ball, they've obviously got one of the best defenses the Pelichek's ever had. And mm-hmm. that's what helped them win the game against Buffalo on the weekend because they were able to, you know, uh, intercept Josh Allen three or four times. I can't remember what they was. You know.
1: <laughs> Allen did not look ready for that game, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's partially... On the Patriots defense and partially on this kid's just wasn't ready for that to beat a three and O team even at home. Yeah. I don't think he's just he he relies too much on the deep ball. But we and the Patriots blocked a punt early and put him in a hole. And once they were down early, it's like that kid's not going to lead you back yet. Yeah, he might get there one day, but but Brady Brady didn't look sharp, and that's why I think they wanted to amass the weapons. Because great receivers can make a mediocre quarterback look really good. So, I'm not saying Tom Brady's mediocre by any means, but I'm just saying he's missing a few more balls than he used to. He did have this one pass. I think it was to James White. It was to somebody out of the backfield. That was a perfect ball. It was a wheel route, perfect pass. But he was also missing some out routes to Dorsett and stuff. And maybe it was on Dorsett missing the route, but Brady just didn't look very sharp. And maybe it is. Maybe Buffalo's defense is for real.
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's a certain element that Buffalo's defense is is really good, and then there's probably a certain part of it that is Brady is a 42 year old quarterback and um, probably does need everything a, a few more things to go right for him than he probably d- did in the past. Um, you know, I'm a Patriots fan. And I'm I'm fully aware of the fact that we need uh, to protect Brady as much as possible, and obviously he's been getting the get what he needs so far. But we also need to the, the offense around him needs to really click because. Yeah, so I I am. I, there is a touch of worry to myself uh, if I'm just putting the Patriots fan shoes on for the pod for a second. That um, you know, that this start may not be sustainable if we do continually have the issues with like if Edelman isn't fit for the rest of the season. That's a big, big red flag because uh, then you then you're leaving Josh Gordon as you really and and Philip Dorset has had a good some good moments. Edelman I think he'll really, be okay. Yeah, yeah, but but the. The big thing in the NFL and this isn't this isn't any breaking news is um when you have talented guys is to have a few of them so that you can really take advantage of them because you know, if 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 opposing defenses only have to focus on one guy because they don't really they don't have to worry about the other guys, you know, Dorsett is going to be more valuable if the defenses are still having to worry about Edelman, Gordon, James White coming out of the backfield. Um, mm-hmm. if they if if Edelman's uh, restricted for the rest of the season. If Josh Gordon isn't really a, f- a factor, then suddenly Dorsett's the number one, the number one guy as far as fitness levels goes. And I think he, that's
1: what was happening this weekend, this past weekend. Yeah.
0: yeah, and that's and yeah. that that is the worry because Edelman's Edelman's an old guy as far, as far as receivers goes. As much as Brady is an old quarterback, so yeah, there's a lot. What's
1: of... the deal with uh, the rookie? Is he, how long is he going to be on the
0: IR? Uh, he's a, um, I don't actually know how far he, long he's going to be on the IR off the off the top of my head, but. I know it was um it was a significant injury that was going to be at least I feel I feel like the first half of the season I just wasn't even going to think about him so uh I'll, I'm just going to do a quick Google while we're um talking but yeah I I I, I can't imagine him having a major impact if he's you know if he's if, if, pretty good yeah he is pretty good but then Belichick's really wary about you know bringing these guys into the offense um I'm sure he's I'm sure he's the kind of guy that. Belichick work away in just in the playoffs randomly to make a big play, but you've got to get there first. Uh, so it's definitely an
1: ankle injury, which can be a problem. So yeah, there hasn't been any, any update on it since uh la- like the start of September. So yeah,
0: they placed him in the IR, and I think it just went it just you know went zero dark thirty on that one. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh,
1: maybe. Week seven to week nine, somewhere in
0: there. So yeah. still a while. So you know the Patriots—they're off to a four and O start. So that's you know, you you literally can't get any better. But there is there is signs there that um, I th- I'd, I'd be much happier as a Chiefs fan than than as a Patriots fan at the moment. Like the Chiefs are in the driving seat for the AFC at the moment. And I don't think that's yeah.
1: I no. see your reverse jinx, and I like it, but I, <laughs> I that wasn't even a reverse jinx. Think- the was, Chiefs have a much better resume right now than the. Pa- I don't think the Patriots have played anybody. I guess like if you want to call the Steelers on opening night, somebody. But I mean, they're no, one and three. No.
0: and then the Buff like Buffalo were. I know. Like, I think
1: Buffalo. Built, I think Buffalo is going to go eight and eight. Yeah, I just and think then, and, got, and that, I think they yeah. got to play both New York teams <laughs> to start out the season, and then the Bengals. I think. Yeah. I think was their. So the NFC or AFC East has kind of had an easy start and the Patriots I mean they have a chance to I mean they're playing at Washington this week they're not gonna lose until I don't know I don't know when you guys play the Chiefs but yeah <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be for home field and I think like the other the other team has a chance to go undefeated but we'll see
0: yeah. I'm just
1: trying to find when you guys actually have a tough opponent right now
0: I think it's week eight week eight or week nine. I remember looking at the schedule a while ago and just thinking we don't have anyone much until that point. But, yeah. I- Got the Jets
1: on a Monday night in a couple of weeks. <laughs> at <Yeah>. New York.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean... How I- do you
1: guys go Washington, Giants, Jets, Browns? Then Ravens, Patriots, Cowboys, Texans, Chiefs. So... Yeah. easy until it gets rough. So, yeah, I doubt you guys go unscathed through that. But yeah, yeah, no, I
0: don't think we do. Um, yeah, there was, all the, there was all the reports at the start of the season, which was probably when we had Antonio Brown on the roster. It was like, who will go? What's more likely, uh, Patriots undefeated or Dolphins not getting a win?
1: Defeated, yeah.
0: Under, yeah. I, I at the time I straight away said Dolphins being not getting win is more likely than the Patriots going undefeated, and it's, it's even more solidified now. I think the Patriots have issues with fitness and and whatever else. Um, defense is obviously great, um, so that we will get them probably through a few results. But I think the and you know Chiefs. Chiefs gave up 30 to the Lions so maybe the the other side of the ball um, is that the Chiefs defense isn't quite as good but that offense is that great that you know they they yeah
1: they've also yeah I don't think they're a great defense but I think Mahomes is just gonna be able to score however many points he needs for his team to win that week like 34 against the Lions when they scored 30, 33 against the Ravens when they scored 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, 40 against the Jaguars when they scored 26. It's just, you know, I, it's they're being led by a gunslinger. It's kind of it reminds me of the Brett Favre days but less turnovers. So Yeah. I think Yeah. I think they're in a good position. They've just I think they have the better resume right now with wins over Jacksonville and Baltimore. So, I don't know if they're in the driver's seat of the AFC, but I think yeah, I just think they're a little bit more impressive than say the Patriots have been. But I think the Patriots might be saving something for when they have that rough stretch. Like Belichick hasn't truly opened the playbook yet.
0: Yeah, so. that's fair. Uh, swing into another another result that just piqued my interest. Uh, as I said, we we've both texted about how the weekend hasn't been that exciting to us. But um, the Saints, we we talked about when Breeze went down whether how they would go. Uh, they and the big win over Dallas, who is a team that we've talked about as one of the big big contenders in the n f c so uh Teddy again not doing not not doing <laughs> he's kind of like just, one
1: of the worst sacks of all time yeah twenty yard sack when they were in field goal range, yeah, I mean it would have put him up five, but like still he's not good, but that game was bad that's kind of like. It's kind of what I was talking about, like not boring, but just like not interesting either. Yeah. Like 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 I was writing a paper during it, granted, but it didn't take me away from that paper ever. I was never like ah, I have to watch this play. It was just like a field goal game, mm. and it was kind of predictable. Honestly, I thought I thought the Cowboys would take care of business, but it's a trap game. Go to New Orleans with a backup quarterback on a Sunday night. Yeah, against the Sean
0: Sean Payton team just will, yeah, it'll it's a coaching battle and a team coached by, you know, Garrett may not be the team that's (laughs) going to come out on top. Well, and it's just
1: Ezekiel Elliott is still in the preseason, basically. I mean, he was, you know, in Mexico when the season started, so it's not like he's exactly fit yet. So they don't have that to really lean on. I thought he was working
0: out on the beaches of Cabo.
1: Yeah, and I was working out in Portland the week of your wedding. (laughs) We were all working out in that weekend. (laughs) My liver was working out. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, they just, I think the Cowboys got by on a pretty easy schedule. I mean, I think they played, what, the Giants who, and we can get to the Giants a little bit, or who are researching. There's just some really bad teams in the NFL, and they're Mm -hmm. making other teams look good. I mean, is is New York good? Probably not. But they played Washington this past week, and the week before that, Danny Dimes. The Buccaneers missed a field goal, and Danny Dimes won the game. So it's yeah. like,
0: and we'll get to the Bucks, and yeah, uh, yeah. I think you're. Well, right. who the hell are the Bucks? Man? I don't even it's know. Just and then who the hell are the Rams that they played? Like, uh, you you kind of touching on everything that makes us this, this whole pod what it is right now because we just don't fucking know about half of these teams. Because the Bucks a couple of weeks ago looked fucking terrible, and they hung fifty-five on the team that uh, was in a defensive battle against the Patriots in last year's Super Bowl. It's just, what the fuck are we meant to do about this NFL at the moment?
1: Yeah, I don't. I think the, the reason that we're talking about it just being weird and not boring, but it's just it's weird because like we're a quarter of the way into the season and we have no idea what's really going on, other than that the chiefs and patriots are really good um i think the packers are probably pretty good yeah i think the cowboys are pretty good but the bears have a good defense and but they have a terrible quarterback and their backup mm-hmm. quarterback's actually better and it's like who's going to make the playoffs in all these like are there six teams in the afc that actually seem like playoff teams i mean the ravens started out 2 and 0 everybody was ready to crown them like we were ready to crown the browns mm-hmm. now the browns are 2 and 2 and the ravens are 2 and 2 after beating the ravens so, who knows? It's all over the place. It's kind of, It kind of reminds you of the way college football is, uh, usually, which is just you know, don't really know what's going on other than the couple top teams.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, just to just to talk about it for a second, since we kind of touched on it, uh, <laughs> and we talked about this last week with our uh, our quarterback kind of talk. Uh, about you know the, the future of the quarterback in the in the NFL uh, Jared Goff had a great week if you're a fantasy owner of Jared Goff but terrible week if you're actually a football fan of and I don't think anything's changed from my opinion last week because I still think he's actually a serviceable quarterback I just don't think he's a, a friend he's not a franchise quarterback I guess in my opinion <laughs> at the moment and uh, you know he can throw it. he can still sling the ball he can make plays he's He's an above average NFL quarterback but he's in that really we've talked about gray zones as I mean you've talked about gray areas every every week on the pod. Yeah. Uh, he's in the gray area of he's better than he's obviously better than a definitely better than Mitch Trubisky and a lot of other quarterbacks <laughs> in the league but he may, Maybe. <laughs> I mean huh. this past Sunday I'm not bad. I'm not going to stay I'm not going to stain Jared Goff's name with putting him in the same class as Mitch Trubisky. But I think, but then where is he? I think they're
1: both pretty dumb, (laughs) like mentally.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And maybe that comes to the coaches, uh, the difference between them. But he's certainly not going to be Tom. uh, He's never going to be Tom Brady, Drew Brees, even Patrick Mahomes. So if uh, Sean McVay's coaching has been found, uh, we talked about last week that coaching can be found out, but it's only just as much as how good the systems are and, how well you execute what you're doing, because Belichick could be found out twenty over the last 20 years. But are the Rams... Uh, was last year their chance? I, I'm trying to figure that out at the moment. I don't want to overreact. You know, with our pod, we've always said we don't want to overreact. We don't want to be the sensationalist. But just at the moment, I'm, I, I'm a little bit worried about where they're at.
1: I mean, they're 3-1, and one, right? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think it's time to totally hit the panic button i think that was again kind of a trap game i think they might have been looking ahead a little bit to going to seattle this thursday Mm -hmm. and i could easily see them just going into seattle and beating the hell out of them but i could also see it the other way like i'm not trying i'm not here to tell you what's going to happen i just i could see them in a bounce back game doing that and i think they totally overlooked the bucks yeah because they just thought that they could just kind of show up and golf Goff probably thought he could show up and just throw the ball around a little bit and it wouldn't be a big deal. But
0: right, he did, I When guess. you're
1: down 21-0 right away, mm-hmm. you know, it's scramble time. And Goff isn't exactly who I want in scramble time, even with the receivers that he has. Because he misses them a lot. He misses open guys a lot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it's with throws or just misses them in his reads. It's uh, it's concerning. And then he can't hold on to the ball and he's throwing – throwing interceptions and yeah i think they need to establish the run game a little bit more to help him out but with you know Gurley being a questionable piece every week you can't really rely on that and you can't really rely on that when you're down 21 to nothing right away so you have to be chucking it around again goff not the best decision maker i've ever seen so
0: yeah well i mean that's the big issue is um a guy that this time last year we were talking about as a you know a possible MVP candidate and girlie like i mean how that's one of the biggest narrative changes we could have in a year is a a guy that as we we're saying MVP candidate this time last year to will he ever be the guy that we saw this time last year <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah this is gin pouring if that comes through on the microphone um but yeah Gurley's <coughs> girlie's genuinely we have to worry about if we're ever going to see If he's just going to fade out, if his knee injury is serious and the level of play that he's been having over the last um, since the injury cropped up last year through the Super Bowl through the first few weeks of this season, we've seen uh, running backs have short lifespans in the league. With how yeah his downturn in play, we've got to wonder how long you just got to wonder how long his lasting legacy legacy in the league will be, and considering the investment the Rams made in him how that's going to translate to the Rams prospects over the next few years, because when they made that contract, you know, signed into that contract was when obviously he was going to be the franchise running back. And then that was going to roll into golf being the franchise quarterback and everything was going to be sweet, but it doesn't, it only takes one of the, one or two of those moves going sour as far as injuries go and all that go to, to change a to change a franchise in that sense. Uh, and as it just. You said, it just- yeah. yeah, establishing the running game has is, is been a major problem for them, and it was a, such a major asset to their gameplay last year that that seems to be the major issue.
1: It's just crazy that we still don't even know why Todd Gurley. I mean, we know it's his knee, but what, what's going on? We still don't know what it is, and he's 25 years old. Like, yeah. I know running backs have a shorter shelf life, shorter than ever, and it seems like it's always shortening and shortening, but 25 years old and he can't play in the NFL anymore. Like, what is going on with his injury? Like, we need some answers from the Rams' medical staff. They still said nothing about it. He hardly played in the Super Bowl last year, and that's mm-hmm. a big reason why I think Belichick's scheme was so successful.
0: Yeah. So like in that game, Belichick cheated. Well, he called the bluff on the Rams, and he he basically looked at him and was like, he just assumed that Gurley's knee and knee was going to be a problem and. Hadn't, he didn't have to plan for it. I think that's
1: he wasn't worried about golf beating him. That's yeah. for
0: sure. So, yeah. so it was a game of chess, essentially. But uh, it's truly, and, and it's boring. and it's funny. <laughs> it's funny uh, seeing guys like Frank Gore continue to have, in, you know, so there's the other side of the ball that guys that are just just serv- yep. serviceable and, and not not just serviceable, just act- actually great assets to the league. Frank Gore's just been a great running back for years now um continue, 15 years yeah yeah continually having great success at the moment and yeah you just you just wonder this injury that Gurley has it's becoming it's getting a bit beyond a, it's becoming beyond a meme at this point that we still don't know what it is because the rams keep acting like i mean there was that report that they're like we don't actually know what's wrong but they just seem to be trying to brush brush it under the rug when you can't do that in this modern NFL. You have to, you know, we're, we're all we all know that there's something more serious going on, but they're not actually saying it. And it's a really weird moment for a guy that I really enjoy as part of the league. You know, I'm, I'm quite, yeah, it's, it's it's disappointing as a fan to see a guy like that going down, but it's even more disappointing that we don't actually know what the fuck's going on.
1: Yeah, watch him come out and rush for like a buck thirty this Thursday at yeah. Seattle. I could easily see it because they're gonna have to establish a run up there. I mean, it's loud. Golf is stupid. It's just like <laughs> a thing where <laughs>
0: That's such a good tag
1: <laughs> where you just have to, you know, you have to have both pieces to, working to win up there. Yeah, um, it's just a game that I totally have no feel for, and I I don't know what's gonna happen because I don't think the Seahawks are very good either, but. Playing up there on a Thursday night, I'm sure it'll be raining. Uh, who knows? You know, who knows what will happen to Goff. And the biggest thing for a young quarterback is confidence. And I think that's what we're really seeing with Mahomes is the dude is just so confident in that system that he can turn and look at the referee while he's running and know that he's not going to get hit mm-hmm. late. And so if Goff's confidence starts to get, sh- I don't know if he's smart enough for his confidence to actually be a big deal, but if it is a big deal, could be a problem for them moving forward if if he if he loses confidence. That's how these quarter. I mean, you saw it with RG three. Other than the injuries, he just wasn't confident in himself anymore, and it just spiraled out of control until now he's a career backup. So,
0: yeah, man, RG three, unreal. <laughs> I, I remember he's still
1: getting on- checks. I think he plays in Baltimore.
0: Yeah, he does. He's he, he's um he's uh, I remember seeing him on the backup list and i was just like this is nuts that that guy has lasted longer than andrew Luck." Considering the fact that rg3 had one of the most oh my god that that day that he just went down against the seahawks in that playoff game one of the most just excruciating things to watch a guy just slowly deteriorate from being because they went 14 14 nothing up in that game and everything was gone fine then you saw his knees start to crumble and it was like very derrick
1: rose-esque
0: yeah the slowest car crash in motion that you could ever watch yeah. is watching him because you, you could tell that the coach, you could tell he was hampered, and the coaches just never took him out of the game when they should have. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah.
1: yeah. Gross oversight.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't think there's anything. Ma- uh, well, the pack, uh, I guess that we could uh, just another, the other big team and, and a big result that completely just. I mean, there's no fucking news that fantasy football is a stupid, stupid game. But um, the Packers, (laughs) the Packers, (laughs) the Packers, uh, Eagles Thursday night game. Everything said that the Packers' defense is good, and it it, probably isn't. Probably it still is. Uh, But you know, I had Jordan Howard on my fantasy team, left him on the bench because he has done fuck all for the first three weeks, and um, yeah. And uh and everything said was like he's not gonna get much luck against Packers defence and then he fucking puts up a thirty one spot. <laughs> my bench outscored my fucking starters. It wasn't I haven't I haven't screened my basically my starters was uh fifty nine points and my bench was about sixty five points. And my, and my bench That's was, a bad week. I'm not that, that's idea. four fucking players <laughs> as well, because two yeah. of the guys on my bench were either injured or on bias, so I'm talking yeah. four guys outscored about you know the eight or whatever that's in his starting. Anyway, fantasy's stupid and um, Vince. Absolutely. Is, yeah. Look, my my main my main goal for the rest of the season is just to be a just fucking upset guys that are actually in a playoff race because I I'm not gonna make playoffs already. So <laughs> yeah.
1: But I think that was just uh, outside of your fantasy, uh, of course. Uh, I think that was just yeah. a game that Philly needed. Thing. After two winnable games that just fell through their hands, literally, Mm -hmm. with Aguilar dropping it. And then I don't know what happened against the Lions, but they were close. But they have a chance to win that division. And so they needed they they were staring going one and three right in the face. So they had to win and the Packers can afford to lose they were three and going into it. Obviously, you want some momentum heading into this week's biggest matchup. I think, which is Cowboys against the Packers. Yeah. I think it's Packers that Cowboys. Um, so that game, I think, will go a long way in telling us what's going to happen in the NFC because I think those teams are probably the two best teams in the NFC at the moment. But both coming off a loss, both need a win to avoid going to three and two, and you know home field advantage in the playoffs. Already I'm starting to think about it. I'm sure Green Bay would rather have Dallas up in. Up in the cold, then have Dallas have to go to Dallas again. Some ice
0: ball action again, yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah. yeah, No, and that's what that's what it is. Like I think the Eagles went up there with a real chip on their shoulder to uh, because a lot of national media talk. um, um, I I guess I should say international media talk, being that I'm sitting over here in the upside down. uh, But there (laughs) was was a lot of talk about you know um, it was it was it, it was Carson went to you know. Is Carson Wentz any good? Are the Eagles just, you know, because a lot of people had them as a Super Bowl pick at the start of the season. Are the Eagles any good? Are we we all wrong about the Eagles? To go up to Lambeau and get that win uh, against the Packers' defense that has been very good at the start of the season was was a really big game for the Eagles. So um, I don't think it says, you know, I don't think it's anything bad for the Packers either. I think it's the Packers were in a game against a team that's actually quite good. How good the mm-hmm. Eagles are this year? When I'm not exactly, I, we still don't have quite a barometer on because they have had those couple of results, but they're certainly not a bad team. The Packers aren't a bad team, so we just saw a, t- I think we just saw a game that between two good, two good teams. And Thursday night football against at Lambeau, uh, both teams obviously, you know, Packers at home always want to win. Eagles going to Lambeau uh, as another historic team want to go up and you know, you always want to get a win on, an, on a on a historic field. So it was just a good game between two teams that had a lot to play for and. Uh, Eagles, maybe you could say they had a little bit more to play for. They had a little bit rougher start to the season, but yeah, I, I, I don't come out of that game thinking, thinking anything less of each each team. I actually feel a bit more. Uh, I still wonder where the Packers' de- uh, offense is exactly because they're, it is a little bit disjointed. Um, but I mean, you know, they
1: scored thirty-one points, right?
0: Yeah, twenty-seven
1: but- points. My bad. But well, they had a chance to win that game too, and there was a no call on the PI, and I don't understand why it wasn't reviewed. And the play
0: calling down. We could do a whole fucking podcast on uh, re- <laughs> yeah. reviews in the NFL at the moment and VAR and everything else. But yeah, I'm all
1: about VAR after Monday, but we'll save that for uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> oh we'll save that for the soccer pod. But yeah, gonna need to get another bottle of gin. I mean. The fact that that official missed that call is a problem. Like missed yeah. that VAR call so badly mm-hmm. that. All right, well, we'll save that for the next pod. But
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I, the NFL. It as we, we we wondered where we get some NFL chat from, and uh, we've gone about forty minutes. So yeah, there's always <laughs> there's always stuff to talk about, you know, but. Um, oh yeah. Going to college, uh, we had a we had an extensive text discussion about where the Ohio State Nebraska result lands <laughs> um, in the landscape of uh and you know, like I, I, like to put it like anyone listening to this podcast knows where I am. Um, I have a really weird view of college football because we get no news of college football. At a... Were you just messing with your screen? Yeah, yeah you're I frozen ain't...
1: on screen so no, yours
0: just I'm went try- la- yours just went landscape and then like vertical again um yeah yeah you're
1: frozen on my screen though so i don't know what's going on but
0: <laughs> yeah as long as you can hear me fine it's fine you know you can yeah it, i can hear if, yeah if it's frozen on my beautiful face and that's like <laughs> good for you really you look so. like
1: you're asleep so <laughs> <laughs>
0: andrea often Andre gives me shit about my uh, droopy eyes all the time so that's fine um um yeah, yeah, so I, I, uh,
1: I, I just think it's a big win because it was just so hyped up in my hometown. I guess I just people were was so that falsely obsessed with that. hyped up, though. Right, and I'm on your side on that. I don't think Nebraska is very good, but
0: yeah, and it, I, it I, was
1: still a big win. It was bigger than any win Alabama's had this year. I feel like so. Yeah. Unless you count like going to Ole Miss and tearing up Ole Miss, but I think Nebraska would be Ole Miss actually. So it's just how good is Ohio State? I guess was our, our the point of our text conversation. Mm-hmm.
0: That was and the are they the
1: best yeah. team in the country? Yeah. I mean,
0: well, my my question of it was is um, it's after this Nebraska result that I've heard all this stuff about Ohio State's case for being number one. And I feel like if that was gonna be your argument, you should have had that argument before Nebraska, the Nebraska result yeah. because I feel like I, I just I don't put too much uh too much love on the Nebraska result because whether it's um my closeted view from being over here in the upside down or <laughs> and obviously the, we we talk because you're a Nebraska uh, native, even if you're a leader yeah. with Nebraska and and obviously no. a negative negative bias towards Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that has leaned my view towards, but no, I, I, I can, and Scott Frost, obviously being in Nebraska, is uh, even without your views on Nebraska, I have a Oregon leaned in Nebraska, and I, I keep an eye on results. And I, I'm like, I just have never had much love for Nebraska's football over the last couple of years. And I feel like if you're going to have the Nebraska uh, Ohio State are going to be a number one team view bef- after this week, you should have had it before this week. And the Nebraska yeah. result doesn't shouldn't be a major factor in pushing the votes towards Ohio State yet. You're, they're either there before or they should be there. You know, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I can see yeah. that. It's just the thing that ESPN had Game Day there, so. And that's, they yeah. Treated it, game, they treated it like it was a huge game. So game day votes. when Ohio State dominated it, they were still in Lincoln to talk about it after and so it was this thing where it's like, "Well, we have to talk about how good Ohio State is because mm. we are we're here." So I don't know. I Ohio State looks more impressive to me than Clemson so far, but Clemson has a better resume, I guess. Um, Ohio State will be Tested. I think they have four more ranked matchups before the end of the season, including Penn State, um, Wisconsin at Wisconsin. So we'll definitely find out about them. But I would say right now they're they're looking at like a top four team pretty easily.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they're certainly like, you know, I I wasn't trying to. A lot of people like to bag on Ohio State just to bag on them, and well, um, they've been
1: or they caught Oregon story a national title, so. That's probably where you're hearing that. <laughs> no,
0: Mark Elfridge cost us a national title, and I'm not even that worried oh, about geez. that. Oh jeez, terrible coach. Um, held yeah, Mark Marcus Marriott was the coach of that team. Um, look, I, I have no ill will against Ohio State in that respect. You know, I'm I'm, I'm looking at it purely from an objective point of view. Um, it's just I wasn't sure where the national talk was over there, as far as um, you know how good they were. Uh, I think based on play so far, they should be in the, They, they if you were going to call the playoffs right now, they're in the top four. So that's where I'm yeah. at on them. It's just, yeah, I guess it's where your number one rankings come from, where that's going to stand. That's the issue. But yeah, it was just an interesting, an interesting moment in the national media last week after, um, after that result that suddenly it was Ohio State may, maybe the number one team in the nation. I'm like, well, why is this result making a difference to you? Because me in the upside down making my college football <laughs> predictions and ESPN was like picking them like by twenty plus points is my number one confidence favorite in the college pick'em. So it was like it didn't seem like a Yeah, same. Player. So you know I also
1: went ten for ten last week, NBD.
0: I went nine for ten. <clears throat> Fuck, what was the one I missed? <laughs> I went for
1: Ah, fuck! I can't
0: think of what. There's one
1: Hawaii, it is. Nevada. Uh, no, I, I picked. I picked pick
0: that one right. Um, I'll, I'll look it up while Baylor, I'm Baylor, Iowa State. That's that. No, I picked that one right. Fuck! What one was it? I don't know. I I I try to pick better one. not
1: to pick Virginia over Notre Dame.
0: No, I picked. <clears Notre throat> I picked Notre Dame for you, and <laughs> how dare you think uh, I I wouldn't do that otherwise bro
1: loves. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio State is getting seven first place votes though. Which is more than Georgia, who's number three Kansas, right now. Kansas
0: State. I picked Kansas State.
1: Yeah, I picked Okie State. I just don't no, I, just I don't trust those big twelve teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is crazy how divided the first four teams are right now. They all have, they're all getting multiple first place votes and Alabama's only getting Alabama who moved above Clemson for the number one spot has twenty nine votes and Clemson has eighteen. So there is a little bit more of a conversation this year about you know who's the who's the best team in the country? Where usually it's either Alabama or Clemson. But now say, there's yeah, you, you or to just, six teams that you could because Oklahoma's six right now, and they've had one of the most impressive seasons so far as well. So yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah, you were talking about that earlier about how the the swings swings towards the host state as far as number one votes go and, and that was probably the biggest thing that you know without having again I said as I said. Australia, we have no fucking national. We have no fucking news about college football, so it's all what I read obviously, online. But yeah. Um, yeah, it does seem a bit more uh, from my point of view over here in Australia. Just googling and trying to get a feel for what the national media talk over there is that there is a little bit more conjecture about who the actual best team in the nation is, which is good for college football. Uh, oh from, yeah, from an, adje- it's boring. It's been from boring an objective lately. point of view, um, obviously. Uh, We want to see more competition, um, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, there are eight undefeated – well, there's more than eight undefeated teams right now, but the eight to start the rankings, um, they all could make the playoff. You know, if Wisconsin beats Ohio State, they could could be looking at going to the playoff. LSU and Auburn both have to play Alabama, so – They're both undefeated right now. Oklahoma's great. They still have to play Texas, so we're hopefully getting to the exciting part of the season pretty soon. It's just not this quite yet. I mean, Ohio State does have Michigan State this week, but don't really believe in the Spartans this year. Yeah, well,
0: (laughs) having an offense would help. Um, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we've just entered the month of October. Being it's the, uh, I think just it's just entered the third day of our Lord. Uh, Tom uh, Tom Brady's uh, month of October. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, like we're we're just getting into that month where we are going to start getting into some games that will really separate the you know the chaff because um as I said to you through text, uh, Oregon's had a week off, but they're entering a game against Cal this week that uh, we mentioned on pod last week when I mistakenly thought that Oregon didn't have the week off, which was just me just not realizing the dates on the calendar, but um. You know, Cal had a loss this week, so you know the Pac-12 is pretty much open for uh, if Oregon wants to win out, it's a, it's theirs to lose, and then that's pretty much the only the Pac-12's only chance at a, a playoff team. I think at this point is for the Oregon to wing out, and that's yeah, probably not not. They're going to need a lot of help too, yeah, and, that's, <laughs> and that's probably not, not going to happen for them. But that's probably the Pac-12's only chance. I think at a playoff team at this point It's because they had a close loss yeah. against Auburn. If they win out from here. And impressive wins over the teams that matter, you know your Washington's um, cow this week would be, you know, you want to stomp them into the ground to improve the resume. But yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying I, am not saying that I think any a, any Pac-12 team is a chance at the playoff. But just as far as the Pac-12 goes, uh, Oregon's Pac-12 to lose, I think at this point. Um, and yeah,
1: I mean Oregon, Utah, if that's the championship game. I, I, if they both have one loss, that'll be a bet. But they're gonna need like they need Notre Dame to lose again. Mm. They'll need um, Texas to lose again, probably. I, it, there's just too many teams that the and the Pac-12 just doesn't have enough chutzpah <laughs> going with the voters to get. I can't imagine a Pac-12 team getting in anymore. They pretty much had to run the table,
0: yeah.
1: Including a big like, Oregon had to beat Auburn. They could have lost another game, but that's the game that. I think the playoff committee looks at like, hey, is this team for real? And yeah, they were close, but they didn't win it. And even killing Cal this week isn't going to be a big deal because Cal is people on in the Midwest and the East Coast don't don't know about Cal football. They don't care about Cal football. Like they were surprised they were rated, they were even rated. So,
0: look to be honest, anyone in the fucking West doesn't care about Cal football too much. So, exactly, <laughs> like. <laughs> And that's, yeah. the problem. that's the problem with the Pac-12 at the moment is that uh, you really do have to, like, as soon as... And that's why that one, you know, we talked about it back when it uh, happened, the um, Auburn game. You know, we talked about the positives of it as well as far as what it meant to the Oregon program as far as just moving forward, as far as um, their national push towards getting recruits for the future years. But in the moment, um, the reason that yeah. one hurt so much is, like, our slim chance if this class this year was going to be really good... Um, to be in the playoffs, I think that game was the one that we needed to win. And as soon as that game went down, I immediately started putting myself towards let's to win the Pac-12 and that, and then whatever bowl game we get, uh, Oregon gets. I keep saying we, but well, yeah, yeah. Oregon, Oregon alum, whatever. Um, we went to Oregon, yeah, but yeah, no, like as you said, uh, that, like yeah, Oregon's chances were that Auburn game. And that's, that's college football. Uh, for the teams that are outside of that bubble, you know, Alabama could lose uh, lose a game and lose one of those games. That was But yeah. They, <laughs> they could lose one of those games and still be in that discussion because they're Alabama. Unless, yeah. unless you're that team, you need to win every one of those games. And that's how you get into that bubble uh, as far as the, the way it works at the moment. So, yeah.
1: I mean, I don't see Alabama losing, but I. Their schedule is going to be brutal brutal with both Auburn and LSU being good this year. And Auburn has a test this week against Florida, but I think Auburn will kill Florida and (laughs) that'll be the end of Florida's uh, chances at the playoff and they'll be out of the conversation. So that's one more team to cross off. I know that's not really what we were talking about, but that'd be good for the ducks because Florida is currently ranked ahead of them because they are undefeated, but Oregon's behind two one-loss teams already so even if they win the Pac-12 they need both those teams to lose again yeah and I would think that like if LSU or Auburn loses Alabama then they'll still be ahead of Oregon because of that loss and because Auburn beat Oregon obviously so Mm. it'd be a tall task to get to the playoff this year unless I mean maybe Utah can do it if they run the table and beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship but they would need things to go a lot more haywire than they have so far, because while Clemson hasn't looked that good, they're still undefeated and they have a weak schedule. Alabama looks like a gargantuan. Ohio State looks great. Oklahoma looks great. Um, Georgia has a huge win against Notre Dame, and we'll see how good they really are. I don't, I don't really know where that game ranks yet, because I don't. Neither of those teams have really been tested since that game, so. Yeah, so maybe it is more fun than I think. Uh, it's just, we're just not being presented with any really good games and really no upsets. So yeah, well, I think that's.
0: I mean, to kind of just yeah, you, to both you know NFL and college, I think it's it, it is more the fact that though the games haven't been that much fun yet, we have a lot of uh, particularly in in the NCAA at the moment we have. A lot of re, a lot of teams that we actually could see, you know, Alabama, are still the powerhouse they are, but we can see a few more cracks that like other teams like Clemson, um, LSU, uh, Ohio State could come up, and uh, and we see a bit more competitiveness in the national title race than we have in previous years. So, I mean, that's good for us as uh, of, as neutral fans that don't don't possibly see us. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame uh, for yourself, uh, and a big, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we haven't even touched on that yet. You know. Big win for you, big big win for your Fighting Irish, Irish this weekend. Um, yeah, I suppose continue, so. I mean, well, it's, it, it, it's, it, continue, it's continue, <laughs> continuing a good season for you guys, I think. Um,
1: yeah, I, yeah, and I mean they're Bowling Green this week, so that's not uh, exactly
0: my favorite. The college spread, name the spread is
1: forty five and a half. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's, but they do play USC in in a week, so that'll be fun. I think. I think the week after this week will be when it, fi- it finally feels like the middle of, like, the meaty part of college football season. Yeah. Notre Dame plays USC. Texas plays Oklahoma. Clemson plays Florida State. And, like, yeah, other than the Oklahoma-Texas matchup, those games kind of suck. But those are still powerhouse teams that those ma- those games should always be good. USC at Notre Dame should always be, like, a huge game on the schedule. And Florida State, Clemson should always be a huge game on the schedule. So, I just, we're just not to the meaty part yet. And that's why it's kind of frustrating. I just think the slate this season wasn't good at the start, which they usually try to front load it to get people like really interested, but it's taken till mid-October now to really get into it. And so, yeah. but next week there are a ton of great games. So that'll be fun. Like, like a ton of great games <laughs> actually. Yeah. So it's just one more week of, you know, watching Oklahoma play Kansas and Wisconsin playing Kent State—that we have to deal with. So, yeah, I'm excited moving forward. Yeah, and Oregon plays at 8 p.m. out here, so I actually might get to watch them.
0: <laughs> yeah, Skoducks. Uh,
1: Skoducks.
0: I mean, while I mean, while we're talking about the boring slate of uh, college football, we might as well talk about it now um, something I've wanted to bring up with you for a couple of weeks. Big, big, big move in California uh, for (laughs) the governor, Gavin Newsom, to... um, Governor. Governor. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to take a tipple of my gin and tonic and say governor.
1: Yeah, because you're in foggy old London town.
0: Yeah, closer. Um, Yeah, (laughs) um, we're talking pay-to-play in the college. uh, And I know... We're probably not Yeah, big news. Yeah, not exactly. And we may not be on the same page in this, but I just... (laughs) <laughs> Had to bring it up. That I look, my my view on it has long been that it's been an archaic system, the NCAA, and I'm very happy for whenever the NCAA goes down. So uh, yeah, that's probably where I start on it, and I just like to see where you're at on and uh, yeah, just you know, I'm just it.
1: fine. I'm I'm fine with it. You know, it's just it's gonna go this way, so it might as well go this way now. Yeah. rather than later. I mean, there's no way that it's not heading this way. It's just how long it's going to take for every state to adapt and what the repercussions on this are going to be, what the NCA's reaction to it are going to be. It's just, I'm just... The reason I'm not into it is just because I don't want to hear about it for the next, like, two years about the NCA appeal, like, telling California teams they can't play or some shit like that. Like, I'm just... I'm not ready for the... The drama of it i guess but it is a yeah. positive step forward in something that's obviously going to happen yeah ultimately
0: so, so it's more that you don't want the drama of the case which is
1: yeah it reminds me of like when everybody was shifting up conferences back in like 2011 it's like yeah i don't care if you guys do it but i just don't want to hear about the fallout and the fans and all yeah the uh, pack 12 to i don't care like if we're gonna do it let's just do it and get it over with yeah it's just like you know i like the drama in some sports especially soccer like stay tuned for our soccer pod i'm sure we'll talk about stuff but like it's just more fun over there but here it's just I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of the, listening to college football drama because I've been listening to it my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's just if it's not one thing, it's the other thing. It's that the BCS is rigged or that that players need to be paid or it the. i no,
0: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: are you still mad that Oregon went to that Fiesta Bowl? Pac-12. What up? Or that didn't go to the Rose Bowl that year <laughs> or that Nebraska did. Did you even that know was what before that was, was back before then?
0: my time? Yeah, that was definitely before my time.
1: Joey Harrington, Ducks legend.
0: Dude, I came. I my first duck, Ducks game I watched was when Legarrette Blunt was trying to punch fans. So Jesus, yeah,
1: we were legally allowed to drink then.
0: Yeah, I, I moved to Oregon at the perfect time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, Look, my thing with the the pay to play thing with the college football has been. I've long held that I've never seen a system in any country around the world that. Exploits the people that play for this, you know. I the the the, the Oregon number twenty one jersey that still lives in my closet. That's the only jersey I have because I lost my number eight one at the O Bar um, at a night <laughs> that you were very much part of. Um I don't even understand how that happened. I still but... don't know. It's not in my. It wasn't in my <laughs> apartment room. It wasn't at the O Bar. I don't know where the fuck that jersey ended up. Anyway, um, and
1: Brad was involved. He's probably wearing it right now.
0: I don't think Brad was even there. Like he was, he had moved to California at that point. So,
1: classic alibi. I and that's when
0: it. he started the California pay to play thing. It all of yeah. makes sense. <laughs> <It> anyway, <recall. laughs> enemy slash friend of the pod, Brad. What's up? There's your shout <laughs> out. Um, enemy of the pod. <laughs> but I've never seen a system. So every like Australian football uh, players come. <laughs> there's no college system in Australian football here. People come become eligible to be drafted from sixteen. Well, that's because you
1: guys can't read. We all know that. I mean, it's just.
0: Well, the, your Jared Goff argument earlier just completed Nick's that argument. So.
1: <laughs> He's from the Bay Area. That doesn't count.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he went to Berkeley though, right? Like, you know, Zom- yeah, Zombie Land Two no. teaches me two things: that place is woke, and they have lots of weed. And I haven't even seen that movie yet, but I'm very excited for it. But no, to the point of, um, you know, the pay-to-play stuff. Uh, yeah <laughs> um, look there's n- the archaic system that is the NCAA and uh, Richard Sherman came out today and said that he hopes this this is what uh, why I wanted to bring it up because there's a lot of stuff over the last couple of days that people are coming forward through it Doug Gottlieb, got Gottlieb rang up to the Dan Patrick show today and went on his fucking old man rant about why the college education means so much and that should be enough for the fucking athletes I'm, that's just not i mean a, yeah, i used that's to not, that. a, that's, I not enna- kinda get it, that's not like enough any, that's not enough anymore though because if you're you really on a
1: degree from stanford
0: yeah but like
1: richard, you, where richard sermon went
0: yeah but we're also we're also in a position where we're talking about how fucking university should be free so where are we going with this as far uh, as yeah like we're talking about like if you and me That's like,
1: definitely not gonna happen in America, it'd be cool. But. No,
0: but we you and me both like education at our level, like I my history degree as much as as much work as I put into it should have should have been free. And I didn't you know there's a there's a there's an argument to be made that like LaMichael James, his best part of his career was his time at Oregon and he didn't receive anything from that. And his best moments were a couple of fucking... Well, he got
1: drafted in the NFL.
0: Yeah, but he didn't make that much money from that. And if he could make the money...
1: How much money do you think he made? Yeah, he didn't make like multiple millions of dollars, but I bet he made over a million dollars.
0: Yeah, but then all the time he's put into his football career through Oregon... This is my point. Is like the amount of time that they put into making their bodies the best they can be to be a football player, and they put it. They he puts in as much time as Todd Gurley does. Right? Todd Gurley is just naturally more talented, so he gets his fucking contract that is going to be end up being a lot more valuable to Todd Gurley than he probably thought it was because he's not going to have much of a career after this year if everything keeps going. But yeah. LaMichael James has been as dedicated to his craft through his college time. Um and But it's just like do you no, that Michael
1: James is going to have a hard time getting a job. I mean I people, I don't in, know he's because an Oregon legend. He'll just go to Oregon and like just like no, but get like, set up at some like business firm and not have to do anything.
0: Yeah, but that that's like a really slack way of looking at it because like you actually got to look at it from every every single person's point of view that goes through college football systems. That not everyone's gonna have the LaMichael James treatment. And maybe, you know, I'll look at guys that I, I remember following through that time, LaVarcia 2A, all those guys that were big parts of Oregon's success in their time, you know, LaVarsier 2A caught a huge catch in that Rose Bowl against fucking Russell fucking Wilson, who is going to get that money. Uh I just don't understand how y- every like and this I'm going back to what what I started saying. Guys that get drafted in, in Australian football at 17 get paid straight away. Uh, you you get drafted at 17 in Australian football and can still complete your schooling and, and you, you're already in the system though and getting paid as a professional athlete. Uh, Max Verstappen in Formula 1 at 17 was racing Formula 1 cars and getting money because he was talented enough to do it so he was getting paid to do it. These guys in the college football system are getting... These games are getting broadcast into Australia, into Europe. These games are some of the biggest games on ESPN throughout the world, not just in America, throughout the world. These games, my friends in Australia go, they talk about you know the college football playoff is big in Australia. The f- people that enjoy football in Australia talk about the college football playoff. They talk about it in Europe. These guys are big around the world in college. They deserve to be Is it for the that.
1: guys that are big or is it the team brands that are big?
0: Does it matter? Because how many, Does how it many matter? college who football ma-
1: players can these Aussies name?
0: Uh, my friends straight away will know who the they know who Long, we were talking about Deshaun Watson before he was in the league. We're talking about Baker Mayfield before he was drafted. All these big guys were at least talked about in Australia Right, but
1: those are the guys that are gonna go to the NFL. Yeah, but that <laughs> So this isn't who you were talking about.
0: Yes, but no, but you've got to understand in Australia to talk about these guys is a big thing. So you, if you're if if a guy in fucking but fuck nowhere in uh, South Australia is talking about Baker Mayfield before he's even been drafted to a a college uh, an NFL team, he his profile is already that big because you're talking about his his profile is now outside 330 million people that are the population of America. He's actually being talked about in Australia, and then we're not even talking about Europe yet. So these guys, their profile is huge, and, and as we've talked about in the pod before, Baker Mayfield's profile, depending on where he goes with Cleveland, because Cleveland, as we know, is a we we could go either way with how their season's going to go. They they they're putting their, they're dedicating everything to their craft in college, and I don't understand why they can't be paid. And I'm not talking about being paid fucking billions of you know millions 20 million i'm just talking about like we we can't even get them a well, stipend they get a stipend i they mean get they st- get
1: like they get money for housing and they get money for food and stuff like that's a real thing yeah on top of the the education i yeah. would like that stipend
0: yes but we we also have the opportunity <laughs> to if i'm good at flipping a burger i can go do that if, yeah, if they go get a job flipping a burger, and someone says, "Oh, he might have got that job because he's um, Lemichael James," the guy got, then the NCAA goes, "Oh, he only got that job because he's Lemichael James." That's the kind of fucking archaic na- nature of the NCAA at the moment. Because yeah,
1: but it also happened that like that did happen is that people got jobs and they didn't have to show up to him and they were being paid. So it's like yeah, it's on the NCAA, but it's also on boosters who are giving guys illegal jobs. And athletes taking them and not realizing that, hey, this is super against the rules, right? But
0: those rules are stupid. That's the point. Like, because the NCAA is... <laughs> yeah, not- well,
1: I think it's stupid that you can't take Molly all the time, but I still have to abide by the rule. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> that's, like, the, yeah, no, not that's, that I would do fair, that. Where, not the, that I would
1: do that, but I'm just saying, I think... Where's actually, the middle... I, where's the, I actually don't think that's stupid. But.
0: Where's the middle ground in that, though? Because we've got to fucking find the middle ground on college athletes being able to earn money for what they're doing because, and this is the problem, is like there's no other system around the world that has you have to go through this training program from 18 through 21 because every- I
1: agree with you on that front. Yeah. I agree with you on that front. It's just so difficult, for lack of a better word, to find a perfect way that this all works out for everyone.
0: Yeah, but then you know, not yeah.
1: just with other sports, not just with other non-revenue generating sports. Although most sports generate some amount of revenue, none like college basketball and mm-hmm. football. But so going back to Mike, like so does he get paid more at Oregon than say the backup punter or does everybody get the same amount of money? No, no and if he then. gets more money it's just yeah. I mean there's but just a lot to think
0: about and then yeah but you've just got to think about these it's kind of like politics when you talk about like oh we're going to change the fucking second amendment you've got you've just got to just fucking think about it like you can't just say oh there's a lot to think about so fuck it we're not going to do it you've just got to fucking do it well there's not, it.
1: there's less to think about in that than i think this i was, like, just, go- I was just going the second Amendment is very obvious that it needs to be repealed yeah. but like because of gestures wildly at everything around him but like
0: all the kids I, dying is a is a good yeah. gesturing thing yeah we're both on the it's, same page on that
1: it's yeah and then it's like what happens when a player uses the money they got from the ncaa to start a drug ring or something like that then the NCA is giving money to a teenager who starts a drug ring it's just like... No, that's not, that's
0: not even a good... So, like, I'm jumping in on you, and, you know, I love you, mate, but... Um, <laughs> but it's true, like... No, but, like... It's happened before. Yeah, Oil but Green then... Royal Green at Mizzou. No, but we've had... So, I, again, look at, like, um, as a former Jin, um, I look at guys that have... We've had massive drug issues in the AFL over here with young guys, 23, 24, 25, in a, in a team that won a premiership in the Australian Football League over here. That yeah. got in trouble for drug drug use and just general just fucking stupidity. It didn't yeah. come. It didn't come back on the people that pan and were paying them, it was just like it was a culture thing. So if if the guy, right, but
1: since academics are tied into this, where they weren't, in no, that, but
0: that and that's that's a simple thing. Is just fucking you've got to just because that
1: shit you would get kicked out of school for. You know what I mean.
0: Yeah, and that, uh, well, that's what you should. So still he's not going to
1: get kicked out of the AFL for it, but he yeah, no, out he, of got, your, he
0: got he got kicked out of the, to... the <laughs> AFL. Like the people get well, kicked out of the then AFL. He'd
1: probably get kicked out of the University of Oregon then. Yeah, so.
0: that, and that's what the and that's that's a whole other <clears throat> issue. And that, to to me, to be honest, is how you police people being irresponsible with it. But
1: well, it's just the when thing, I when saying, I look at a guy discussing like, ideas here.
0: Yeah, and and that's what it is. It's like you, you you you've got to separate. Like if someone if someone is making like. It, you know, the starting quarterback of Alabama University starts, decides, goes, you know, I'm making a million dollars a season as the Alabama starting quarterback. I can start a drug ring and then he gets caught for it. He shouldn't, you know, then that's going to be a criminal case against him making, you know, it'd just be like, you know, Tom Brady starting a drug ring as a starting quarterback. He has.
1: PB12 is a drug ring, I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. i actually brought that up hoping you would do that and then it's like <laughs> sometimes sometimes if it's you so put it on a tee for
1: me i will <laughs> hit it it might be a ground out to short but i will hit it <laughs> but <sighs> i just think there's a lot of ins and outs a lot of strands a lot of you know yeah, and then, i just then don't think fair. it's as black as white as everybody's making it and it's like yeah it's fine but like let's see how this goes yeah. i mean I'm well, for so, so, students being paid, but I want to see more in place than it just being like, all right, we're going to pay, we're going to pay the student athletes. And then what happens when, you know, the soccer team unionizes, which Northwestern football tried to do a while ago, yeah. but unionizes and say, we're not going to play until, you know, we get paid too. I just think, they, I just think it's a can of worms and I'm fine with it. But I'm just saying, this is why people are against it because it's not as black and white as it seems. Whereas the yeah. second amendment very black and white or red and white for that matter because of the blood spilled yeah well and the white and the shooters are always white so there yeah. you go but as, as far as journalism like... degree <laughs> journalism degree
0: <laughs> as far as, yeah like it's just again going back to just it's the only i just can't it just it blows my mind that it, it is the only place in the world this is an issue still that Kids that are, can play a sport at a professional level at 18 years old can't.
1: But it's not a professional level.
0: I mean, like... No, but it, but it is. Siri on my phone has suddenly... If that comes through <laughs> in the background, I realize my phone is on the floor. It did. Term. Yeah, that was really fucking funny, actually.
1: Siri wants to get involved. Yeah,
0: Siri's so like, fuck you guys. And there's a third voice. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's just every every sport on the planet has 18 year olds at the professional level if you want to look at and 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 maybe that's a systematic of the american culture like as far as how we push people through to the professional level because we expect people to come through high school then come through college and then go into a professional whereas um you know, in Australian football, we have guys come through and, and we we just expect them and they can play. Like, there's a guy in the Australian team uh, on board Adelaide this year who's fucking 19. He's just fucking tearing it up and already making money. Um, as I said, uh, Max Verstappen at 17, um, he's only just he, his 22nd birthday was yesterday and he has had 29 podiums in the Formula One championship. 29 podiums. I know you don't follow racing that much, but in the one of the most yeah, prestigious prestigious sports in the world... No, I
1: get it, because of Mario Kart. You know, you get on, the, get no, on but, the podium, you do a little dance with the trophy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in one of the most prestigious sports in the world, a sport that people die, a sport that is incredibly difficult to master, he's had 29 podiums before the age of 22, which I think the next record be- besides that is about eight or nine podiums. So he's had 20 more than the next guy at that age. So there, like they're, there's an increasing professionalism coming through from youth ages in all sports because everything is becoming more streamlined in you know uh, every every aspect of um, life at youth sports because just people are you know parents are be getting more professional with the way they train their you know mold their kids which is a whole another discussion about parenting but um, I just think that kids. From 18, you're you're legally an adult, um, and you know uh, questions about that. But I just don't understand why an 18 year old can't make the decision that they can. Uh, and maybe this maybe this is what Richard Sherman was saying saying about the NCAA needs to. Maybe it'll be the downfall. Is that they'll fight this and it'll and it'll go be the downfall. But you know, as an 18 year old, if you if you think you're good enough to go in the NFL, have a go. I I just don't know at this point. Like I just—that's such a bad
1: idea—is <laughs> to put eighteen-year-old kids in the NFL. No, but like, I mean,
0: well, we'll then fucking pay them in college. That's the point.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just think, like, especially in this country, there's a reason we don't give, like, we don't make a lot of teenagers millionaires. Um, I read a great book about uh, called "Boys Among Men" by J.P. Abrams. That was about you know why the jump from high school to the NBA was so difficult for so many people and how so many people ended up broke and in jail because of it, because these, these kids just aren't going to have people that, so if they do, if this does happen,
0: yeah, uh, you, you finish your point first. Yeah.
1: If this does happen, you have to have people there that can help them out with this. You have to teach them economics. You have like, if you watch that 30 for 30 broke, like Mm -hmm. Andre rising, got his first check. He didn't know what taxes were. Yeah. Like, you think 18 year old kids are going to know that whether they're from a rich background or a poor background, they're definitely not going to know that because they're not going to know anything about money. Like, yeah, it's, you have to have, and then like the way that athletes pay attention in class, like it almost feels like it should be a system taken away from schools and should just be a minor league system for football. And you can pay the you can pay the kids and they can figure out how to do it. And just take academics out of it. Honestly, I know I kind of mashed two points together right there, but it just no. Doesn't no make
0: I s- think get as you get to, get some more of a point. For, so again, I'll say like Australia is very different, but um, we we just don't have co- collegiate athlete athletics in Australia because it it just as soon as you're um, I, I knew guys in high school that just got dra- like just not drafted into they just got accepted into professional yeah. Career. Semi academy or whatever semi yeah. professional team environments where they got groomed for uh professional athlete, athletics and you know our, our entire basketball and uh, swimming and athletics is, is through sort of the Australian Institute of Sport, it's just completely different here. So we don't have collegiate athletics, but my point being that um, as far as uh, guys being uh, prepared for taxes and stuff like that, like um, I know you're not gonna like this, um, but LeBron. Had uh, Gavin Newsom on his uh, uninterrupted program, and it was like I, you know, it's for TV, but it was a really cool discussion that he had Gavin Newsom sign the thing on his program, and and he had a couple of guys on there talk about their experiences, and they were just they just said that like uh, I I've actually lost my point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You were talking about Uh, the catchphrase
1: of this podcast.
0: Yeah, no, sorry, it was. It was, uh, sorry, I, I've i discovered it again because this is a live audience. Uh, well, it's not live. It's you're listening to this recorded, but we record this and we keep going because that's what we do. We're professionals. But what the guy was saying, um, I can't remember if it was Maverick Carter or uh, uh, Rich Paul, which, you know, say what you want about those guys. This point was actually really good. Is their part of their discussion about this was that they want the teaching of, economics and taxes and all those things to be a part of it in the thing in the in the fair the pay to play they want that to be a part of it they said the problem with the system as it is now is these guys go through as amateurs with no talk about money with the NCAA saying if you get anything then it's all like you know. Obviously, the guys that have got it has has gone under the table. Yeah, but the and athletes
1: are just going to treat it like another class, and they're going to be like Cardell Jones, and just be like, "Yeah, I'm not here to play school," and so they're not going to pay attention. It's just it's.
0: No, but maybe if it's money, just, no, but this is, is maybe if money's involved, it'll be like because if they because uh, I I remember the stories about Trent Richardson. He's gone into the league as like a big big money guy and he's made the money and then he just started giving away giving it away to his friends and then he fucking had no money left because no one fucking taught him and that's part of the problem is like these guys go through college hearing that any talk about money is like you you fucking send a text message about anything to do with money as a college athlete and that might come back against you as as evidence about some fucking like you, you you're shaking yeah. your head, but you know you know I'm kind of right about the way they fucking. Do I, I mean,
1: kind of, but like it. Like NBA players go through the NBA sympos- symposium on the rookie symposium every year, and they get told how to deal with their money. And seventy-five percent of athletes still end up broke after their career. It's yeah, like, because it's a yeah, fucking we didn't symposium. Go through class and it's stuff like that. Symposium. How do you make sure they're going to pay attention? How do you make sure they're going to pay attention? How do you make sure that this is locked into their heads? especially for college athletes who are 18 and the first time they're away from home and all that stuff and they just want to play football.
0: How do you make sure we pay attention in college, like you and me?
1: Well, we're not playing a sport, so like...
0: No, but when we go through a class that we have to actually pass, how do we pay attention?
1: Well, because we have to pass the class.
0: Yeah, so you you learn the information that you need to pass the class. So even if these guys go through college and have to... do the You make it a class. Yes, you make it a class. It's not like you make taxes, economics, and the tax and economics of being a sporting athlete part of your education. That's there's no. It's we're not talking like and maybe maybe I haven't made this clear at the start. I'm not talking about pay to play being just just given the money. I'm talking about you. You make if you're going to continue an avenue of being somewhat similar to what the NCAA system is at the moment. You you have taxes and economics and all of that part of what is being a professional athlete be part of your college education is that simple? drink (laughs) (laughs) i just think yeah
1: but just look at how far we are down the rabbit hole like that's like we've talked about like oh no it's never going to be perfect and that's why this isn't just cut and dry like everybody seems like it is it's like yeah it's cool to say it's cool to be on the right side and say like yeah it's about time that this happens but it's like all right well let's see how it goes like let's see what how
0: no it's not and that's and that's what we've got to be like and i've talked to you about this and we've mentioned on the pod our pod we try to not be say we're not going to be the perfect uh hot take part of the sports culture we're actually going to talk about it and we're going to talk about why it's not perfect um i just
1: don't really have hot takes i just just like I mean, maybe no, this is neither a hot do. Take, do we, but it's just exhausting to have hot takes now. I don't want to like.
0: It fucking is. Like, we just want to talk about the actual sports <laughs> things that matter to us, which it, it usually isn't. Um, While Lamar Jackson was the best quarterback in the world in Week One, like, we're just not going to talk about that because we know the the you know you've got to talk about the greater context of sports. So, um, yeah, I like yeah. I I understand your position on all this. Like, I understand that it's not going to be perfect, but I I also see the rest of the world and just, um, like the rest of the world of athletics, um, and where, and where I've come from, which is a completely different system to, um, America as well is like, it's just, it just doesn't make sense to me that, you know, these guys and especially like I've seen LaMichael, you know, like LaMichael James is my example because he's the guy I grew up, like my time at Oregon was pretty much synonymous with LaMichael James time as an Oregon running back. Um. And he hasn't done much. I I actually saw him play for the Dolphins in a preseason game at, at the Bears, which is a really w- random. Part His of net
1: worth that. is two million dollars. I looked it up earlier.
0: Yeah, but my guy...
1: net worth was is not two million dollars after college. <laughs> <laughs> my jobs did not net me two million dollars my my,
0: my net worth is probably surrounded by all the gear that I'm recording this po- podcast with right yeah. now. So. <laughs> Yeah. um so that, that my
1: my gear has you fro has had you frozen on my screen for the last 30 minutes so
0: <laughs> i'd actually love to see yeah. what i look like too because i've been moving around a few yeah yeah because you're probably you see me in my like fucking granite cricket club hat like just fucking frozen
1: you look like it like an old geezer like asleep at the pub <laughs> at like 1:30 AM. Yeah,
0: Froffy's is going to be really proud that I'm actually recording this podcast with the grown-up cricket cl- <laughs> club, um, baggy beehive as they call it, on my head.
1: Oh God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The GCC. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, it's going to be a discussion we we'll probably revisit it at times. I just wanted to touch on it just because it is. Yeah. It is becoming more of a particularly. Um. You know, Dan Patrick Show is a radio show I really respect as a um aspiring sports broadcaster. Writer, whatever you want to call it, uh, I think mm. uh, Dan Patrick's one of the pinnacles of um, a guy that has an even killed view on a lot of things. He tries to tries to take the tries to take the middle road without, while also taking an opinion on everything. Um, and that came up on his show over the last couple of days. And then Richard Sherman also came out and had his say on the NCAA, which is obviously um, if anyone knows who Richard Sherman is, he. He took the hard road and said he hopes the NCAA is destroyed, which I can't completely disagree with. So, but I can also understand I also have a, a lot of respect for where college athletics has come from and have a lot of love for the college system that it has been as a fan. So it's like, where, as, as usual, I'm in a hypocritical position. So... You know, well, that's
1: what it, that's what it takes to be a sports fan these days. You kind of have to be a hypocrite, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like you know, it's fun. You know what's funny is like you and you are like I don't know where we're gonna get a fucking football pod from. And yeah, uh, my clock at the moment is at one one hour and twenty four minutes. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're definitely a thirty year old uh, in our thirties, ready to spew forth. Our knowledge in quotes.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> I feel definitely like, gas bags. I I feel like you wanted to say like your old man on the lawn kind of opinions. Yeah. Oh, speaking I mean, of which, speaking of which, I mean we're gonna bring this up on the pod. Um. So Virginia Tech had a robot fucking push up.
1: Oh God, we're gonna be here until the wee hours of the Australian morning now.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's one twenty three a.m. We're already there. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I need the bottle of gin for this. What are we doing with robots? <laughs> Why I, um, are we doing this with robots?
0: Look, I, I don't like it. <laughs> 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 I'm very much there with you with the uh fucking the was it Virginia Tech or Virgin uh, I was Virginia Tech that had It the was plant.
1: Virginia Tech on uh, Friday night, I think.
0: I mean, two things. One, like, the push-up thing needs to be done by a duck. That's one thing.
1: Or just a human, at least, in a costume. Yeah.
0: But, too, yeah, <laughs> just the, the fucking... That was so awkward to watch. Even taking the complete... Just taking robotics out of the equation. Watching a fucking yeah. robot just fucking struggle to do push-ups. Terrible, but...
1: Yeah, give it 20 years and that thing will be slitting our throats. What are we doing? Like, I didn't... First of all, why are we wasting our time with robotics making something that can do push-ups when, like, the whole idea of making robots is to help humanity and like create stuff? But mm-hmm. you're using it for push-ups at a college football game. Yeah, I just, I, I'm not into robotics. Um, I think we're creating our own downfall, very Matrix-like, um, and we're just we just don't have matrix technology as humans to like learn kung fu in five seconds so the machines will just destroy us and then
0: i know kung fu <laughs>
1: that's a great addition <laughs> especially because i can't see you so i just seem like leaning into the mic like that know kung fu yeah i'm just ready exactly. to exactly in the underground while the machine's pillage the above ground i don't we're we're creating our own downfall
0: yeah so. you 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 texted me about this um after a few soda pops before <laughs> the so the virginia tech pushed it push up robot even came about and then and you yeah. just said like i'd love to have a discussion about robotics and and there's and I, like i said like and i said to you i understand there is a place for robotics in the human society, but like everything that happens in human society is that we take it once or five, 10, fucking 50 million steps yeah. too far. Because robotics yeah. has a step in as far as its um, ability to uh, help people that have, you know, uh, you know, people that don't have a limb, you know, robotics help, you know, prosthetic limbs, yeah. Um, I just think we're
1: using it completely wrong. Exa- like, well, that, we're that's that's it exactly, we're using it to take problem. jobs that, like, away from humans, rather than like making little things that can go in and like blast away at cancer cells. Yeah, and I'm like, sure I'm I think surely, we're focusing I'm, on the wrong
0: shit. And I'm a hundred and ten percent sure that like the fucking right arm of Dick Cheney is just fucking. Oh my like, god! Like a in the American arm. military somewhere saying this fucking robot can bomb a country and it sure, oh, fucking yeah. should and yeah. like like you know he's and his fucking jaw is dropping and you know fucking the bomb's going to drop somewhere just cuz his jaw dropped on the wrong fucking button and that's like and that's the problem with robotics and every fucking part of technology unfortunately yeah
1: give me a cancer blasting little cell that you can shoot into somebody's body before you can give me a goddamn robot who can do Simon Biles or whatever uh, her routine like, I don't need that thing spinning and flipping over my corpse. I need something that <laughs> will, you know, hopefully save humanity in some some capacity rather than some sort of T2 death machine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know that's the thing is, like, Fucking James Cameron predicted it back in nineteen eighty four. Like <laughs> fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger is still making movies out of that because Terminator Dark Fate is coming out like in two months or a month. I can't remember. Good I God. just know there's another Terminator movie coming out, and there's still yeah, and fucking it's a documentary now. Yeah, it literally is because because a fucking robot can kill you now. Like that's not even yeah. a fucking like back in nineteen eighty four when Linda Hamilton was fucking fucking Michael was- Bane. And then creating James... Like, I love the Terminator movie, so I have a little bit of knowledge of the fucking... You know, (laughs) whatever. When Linda Hamilton was running from that fucking cunt,
1: that, like, (laughs) a a robot
0: robot fucking destroying you from the future was legitimately, like, I don't think this can happen. Now we're like, I don't know. And that's what's scary, is, like, we just don't fucking know what the robots that the government is creating is going to do, because every second week we hear about like, Oh, we accidentally killed a fucking Pakistani fucking picnic. So, and that's really fucking sad. And that should be more news. And that's probably, and that's probably where, like when you started talking to me about like robots and stuff, my mind immediately went to thinking about those guys, um, um, obviously, everyone that's listening to this is gonna be loud like, oh, that left this wanker anyway. Um, I think about the guys that are that have been destroyed by um American bombs in fucking pe- picnics, you know, Pakistanis, yeah. Afghanis, whatever going whatever. to school. Yeah, yeah, the guys that have been going to school that everyone thinks of it as, as an enemy of the West. Those ones that actually aren't an enemy of the West, those ones are the ones that these robots are killing. So, like, you know, that's you know take it to a real serious yeah and then like if they're
1: trying to design like this super soldier that they can send over instead of like american young guys that sounds okay because like oh well american young americans aren't gonna die in war but it's like well no you're sending robots over there and they're not gonna have any conscience if they kill a little kid or not so it's like way worse so
0: what the fuck are we doing like on it like it happened just last week. Like they just fucking yeah. ad- they they admitted that they accidentally dropped a bomb on like a fucking picnic because they were looking for another guy. Yeah. And if that happened to us, there'd be a fucking. And nasty. that
1: is how terrorist cells are created. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I should probably we should probably stop this conversation before I completely lose the ability to get a job after, <laughs> mas- after I get my master's.
0: Hey, look, look, look. This is the thing. If any, if any oh, pl- you're
1: slurring now. Oh my god. The <laughs> that sounded like an O bar night right there. Here's the thing. <laughs>
0: oh, stay tuned for the soccer bot. Um Yeah, no, no, this, this is the-
1: gonna be bad. You're gonna oh. fall asleep on the microphone. No, I
0: am not. I- I'm good. <laughs> um no, but the thing is, like, I'm really passionate about this stuff actually. Like
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: Um like doing the history degree I did, like you just fucking read about these stories about these these people um, in countries that that are such a major part of our history, um, particularly the Iraq War. Um, one story I love that I repeatedly talk about with friends that talk about um, with uneducated opinions about the Iraq War. <laughs> yeah, um, they ask about you know why why were Iraqis so 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 angry about things that were happening with it and there's an iraqi uh, i I did an Iraq war class in, in college and, uh, and a guy mentioned how he was, he was he was he was he was in iraq as an enlisted soldier and he was asking asking the iraqis why they were so so angry about what they were doing at the border there that they believed was the border of the uh, engagement they were in and the Iraqi farmer that was just fucking trying to fucking move his sheep through that section were, just looked at him and said, why have you put a b- border through my sheep field? Yeah. So this... And uh, I mean, it's the same and that's thing, thing Israel, it Palestine.
1: Yeah. And like, I mean...
0: I mean, Jesus. Why? Christ.
1: Why are the Palestinians so mad at Israel? It's like, well, because they're literally building a fence over their land and claiming it as their own, like in that sacred land, and it's their olive trees that are sacred to them and have kept them sustained as a people for fucking two thousand years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're way off on a tangent right now. Bottom line,
0: robots. robots. Yeah, I mean, Stop but that—that that is robots. Is like um, robots in uh, Iraq, Afghanistan have. Have destroyed families that have, yeah, engaged. Have then engaged maybe in the in the like look. It's <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole other tangent, but you know it it is an unfortunate part of life as far as so fuck Virginia Tech and their push up ro- robot is what we're yeah. saying.
1: <laughs> Get some undergrad to start doing push ups. Come yeah,
0: on, yeah, just fu- put an undergrad in a fucking suit. That like like Oregon's got a right. We just suit. we just have yeah. a guy in a fucking duck suit doing push ups. So it's it's fucking easy.
1: Like and Oregon scored a lot more points than Virginia Tech.
0: Yeah, so it's like so if for-
1: somebody can just throw a beer on that robot for me right now, that's that's my 2020 campaign. Douse robots in <laughs> any liquid. That's all I care about, and I'm running on it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I'm down. I'll, I'll I'll be a co-run mate with my gin and tonic. <laughs> yeah. All right. So well,
1: I think we should wrap this up before we become like wanted on the FBI list.
0: Yeah. Look, I've been banned on Twitter once already for fucking tell, telling Donald Trump to fuck off. So you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> God. It. I'm just gonna be unhireable. It's just my cross to bear.
0: Look, sports going could become a thing, and we'll be fine. So.
1: Playing. in. We're gonna yeah. be slanging pods. Slanging slang and pods and slanging and
0: GNTs. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as we say, like, usually we get rolling into our sucker pods. so if this is anything to go by, um, stay tuned. Really, like, who knows what's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But, you know. Oh, man.
1: Oh. The shoe used to be so on the other foot.
0: Yeah, look. You know, you never know what's gonna happen. You know, I'll, I'll throw <laughs> my cricket cap on and uh, is my is my screen still frozen to you?
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to fix that. Yeah, well, next, I was gonna
0: uh, I was gonna tip my cap to you, but I'll tip my cap to the uh, podcast listeners. And then until you see us next time on the uh, pod and shake can actually see me moving and giving me <laughs> giving him all the gestures. Stay sports, scares me.
1: Gin.